Welcome, guys, to the very first God is Social podcast. I'm your host, Gabriel Hutchinson, and with me today is a very special guest who is going to be a regular guest, may even be a co-host, my wife, Narelle Hutchinson. Woohoo! It's really exciting to be here. I'm so excited for the first ever Goddess Social podcast. Well, this is the first week of a four-week series here at Goddess Social, all about Facebook. We just released the 2018 Ultimate Facebook course for churches. So we're backing that up with a lot of Facebook content because Facebook is, in my opinion, the most important place online that churches should be focusing their content. And that even, in my opinion, trumps the website, but the website is a close second. What do you think? Website or Facebook is first? I definitely think Facebook is first. There you go. I'm a big Facebook advocate, though. I think Facebook is fantastic for everything. You do. You do. (laughs) The world doesn't really exist outside of Facebook. Yeah, no, for me it doesn't. I'm like, yeah, if it's on Facebook, it's real. If it's not on Facebook, is that even, like, really a church? Is that really a business? Is that really... If it didn't happen on Facebook... Did it even happen at all? But what do you guys think? Facebook or website? What's the most important? Don't be throwing in there any like third third arguments because there are no third arguments. <laughs> Everything else is like a distant third. <laughs> please, please. Some may, some people may argue email. I feel like email is like has this weird cult following from the nineties. <laughs> I think email is important. I do think of it, and I think when the. Uh, the 2018 algorithm broke on Facebook and we were all like, oh, no, where's everything going to go? It was a scramble to make sure that your email list was up to date just in case you did lose all of your reach. So yeah, I think true. email is important. That, that Let's talk about that, the 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 Facebook apocalypse. We already made a little <laughs> bit of a live video on it, but, geez, that was it was like Facebook meltdown in it, like, or our news feeds just because, like, we're a part of all the groups and friends with a lot of different um, – church communicators and people deep in the social media world. And uh, entrepreneurs as well. Business people definitely were freaking out about it yeah. a lot more than the churches were, I think. That's true. But everything calms down in the end and life goes on. So let's get into the topic of today's podcast. And that topic is evangelism versus discipleship online and specifically today on the Facebook platform. Narell, what do you think? evangelism versus discipleship should there be evangelism on facebook should there be discipleship on facebook where should they go preach anytime i'm in a conversation with anybody i always say your facebook needs to be an extension of what your church is doing so for me it is not like here is your facebook and here is your church vision the two need to be one and the same so if your church is not evangelizing i don't know how you're growing. And I think that evangelism is a huge part of church growth. And if you're not growing and you're happy with that, um, I'm just going to like shoot you back to the Bible where it says, go and make disciples of all nations. So I think that evangelism is a huge part of church growth. I think that discipleship is is so important in um, keeping Christians grounded and keeping them safe and making them you know, and and keeping them on the path that they've been set once they make that decision for Christ. So I think that there is a huge part in churches for both evangelism and discipleship. And I think that if there's a huge part for it in church, that it needs to play a huge part on your Facebook as well. Yeah, I totally agree. Well said. So let's define discipleship 
and evangelism. Let's ask Siri what discipleship is. Okay. Hey, Siri, what's the definition of discipleship? Disciple means a personal follower of Christ during his life, especially one of the 12 apostles. Well, especially one of the 12 apostles, that's debatable. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Siri, what is the definition of evangelism? Evangelism means the spreading of the Christian gospel by public preaching or personal witness. You can tell I'm more evangelistic at heart because when I hear that, I just get totally pumped. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, yeah, yeah. yeah I'm like, yeah, preach. <laughs> preach, Siri. So I'm on Disciple. I'm on allaboutfollowingjesus.org and they have a definition of discipleship, which is a little bit different to Siri's. And it says to be a learner is the literal answer to the question, what is a discipleship definition? Right. So from that, obviously, this isn't a theology lesson. So, you know, <laughs> don't try and grill us about our, um, you know, our, our definitions here. So what we're trying to say is that there's two different ways that you can be putting your messages out online and you can be doing it as a discipleship. By teaching people. Or you can be doing it as evangelism. Spreading the message of Christ to unbelievers. And, and you need to do both. You need to do both because you need to be doing both in your church and what you're doing in your church you need to be doing on your Facebook. So you need to be doing both. But how do you do that in a way that is not confusing to your audience? I have an opinion. Can I give it? I would love to hear it. Well, write this down, people. Here's my strategy. This <laughs> is what I believe to work. And I've suggested this to churches and I've seen them implement it and it's transformed their Facebook presence. You ready for it? I'm ready. It's simple. Okay. You listening? Yes. I would primarily use your Facebook public page as an evangelistic tool and I would use Facebook groups as a discipleship tool. So as in you want to post different things on the group than what you post on your public page? Definitely, yes. I would use your groups for things like to facilitate things like deeper discussion in regards to what was preached on the weekend or Bible studies or anything that's going on in church life. The beauty of groups, number one, is that you can niche it down in regards to all the ministries can have a little group and they can talk about what they want to talk about in that group and, and it kind of facilitates that community and you're not creating a community just for the sake of it but it's facilitating it. It keeps the conversation going on once it's at home. And just say if you had a prayer group, some of the prayers, you, you, you may not want to put that up on your public page, but they're really suitable for the prayer group page. I think where most churches go wrong in regards to putting up too much discipleship stuff on their public page is just in regards to really deep diving Bible study kind of stuff. <laughs> like they're posting quotes from, from where? Ezekiel yeah, 17. They're, yeah, they're posting <laughs> quotes from Job and you know lamentations and things like that and the king james version yeah and it's like well don't don't diss out the king james you may have some king james listeners here not I'm that sure, I'm, I'm sure we do i'm yeah. sure we do <laughs> but if i'm going to walk up to a 16 year old in the street and hand him a bible it's not going to be a king james i'm sorry oh, fair enough you know there's people who are king james i don't know what they're called like they're only enthusiasts they're beyond enthusiasts they're like if you don't read the king james get wrecked <laughs> Pretty much. There's but a man it, at our church calls it King Jimmy. The King Jimmy. Yeah, but he's he's a mad lad. 
Shout out to Uncle John. But yeah, my point is, is that, yeah, like when we were kind of consulting with this church, we we really suggested that they move their kind of deep dive Bible study stuff into their groups. And they did that. And they actually have a thriving little community in regards to that on in within their groups. And then use your public page for, I guess you could say, a front window of what's going on in your church. Yeah, so I think it's really good because in the private groups, anybody can lead a discussion there. So it is Christians leading other Christians along the path, discipling each other, learning from each other, giving each other encouragement. And it's not it doesn't necessarily have to be driven by leadership, which takes it takes the pressure off the teams that are in charge of that. That's discipleship in its beauty is that it doesn't come down to the guy that's in charge making sure that everybody is finding their way it's about the community it's about people you know leading each other learning from each other and encouraging each other and yeah i agree groups don't take much to maintain because you don't need to be as strategic with those community groups that's true you just hope that they're going to you'd be strategic in trying to get conversation going but not strategic like we are with our um, public Facebook page with optimizing our videos. And, yeah, and, and you're the whole also thing. you're not penalized in in your groups for not posting regularly. You can post once a month, and it will still be fine. You're not penalized like you are on a public page. Mm, beautiful. So let's move to the church's public Facebook page and how that should be utilized. Because some people might be confused right now saying, so are you saying that your fa- public Facebook page should only be like what would be traditionally seen as evangelistic posts? So like nothing to do with the current congregation. And the answer would be no, no really, wouldn't absolutely it? absolutely not. Yeah. So you still want your public Facebook page to be where people are getting a glimpse into what's happening in your church. You don't just want sermon quotes and this is what the pastor said on the weekend about evangelism. You absolutely want it to be people getting an understanding of what's happening inside of the church, breaking their preconceived notions of what church is and hopefully seeing one of their friends in the crowd and thinking that it's a safe place to come along to and then giving them an event or an opportunity to go along to it. So Yeah, I agree. I think that I don't see churches' public Facebook pages being a place where they're going to be receiving a lot of teaching, even though, yeah, it's good to post sermon snippets and things like that because that shows what's going on in the life of the church and it shows the culture of the church. But I totally agree with you in regards to just saying it's just a window of people walking by kind of going, oh, what's going on in there? And if all and all that's going on in there is just Bible graphics, <laughs> event posters, and some guy smashing me with Ezekiel 22. Um, what is Ezekiel 22? I'm just going to pull <laughs> Hey, hey Siri, what's Ezekiel 22? Okay, I found this on the web for what's Ezekiel 22. Take a look. Well, Siri's showing me on the screen here that it's the judgment of Jerusalem's sins. So, yes, I am correct on that. <laughs> yeah, no, we don't want to. Actually, Ezekiel 22, is that off like Pulp Fiction? Is that where I got that from? I have no Well, maybe you got it out of the Bible, but... <laughs> yeah. So it shows my... Possibly uh, Pulp Fiction, I'm not sure. You can kind of tell that I didn't grow up in a Christian home. (laughs) Like I learnt the Bible from Pulp Fiction. And I learnt it from U2 songs, so... There you go. So my point is this. My point is, as Narelle said, what we mean by evangelistic in tone is showing what's happening in the life of the church because I believe that in 
in its bare essence is evangelistic. It's just they, they will know you for your love for one another. Yep, absolutely. And you'll hear me say this a lot. Social media needs to be social and it works its best when it is social. And that's what Mark Zuckerberg's been talking about so much with all these latest updates. They're trying to get it back to its roots in regards to it just being social rather than a political thing or a, or a teaching thing or a news site or anything like that. They just want it to be social. So show the people and they will know you for your love for one another. <laughs> this is unscripted, so if we're getting a little bit distracted, I'm okay with it. I'm kind of getting worked up over here. Two ADD people in one room with microphones. It's awesome. Yeah. Our next point is, so how do you make the change from all one or the other into both? If we're talking to churches out there right now that are just doing discipleship posts or just doing evangelistic posts or just doing graphics, how are they going to make that change? How are they going to transition that? Well, they can start with our seven... (laughs) 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 I'm serious. They can actually, they, they can start with our... Free seven-day Facebook schedule for churches, which you can go to the Goddess Social website and download that. And I'm, I'm and I say, and I'm not joking when I say that because <laughs> that's a good thing to go off. It's just, what do you think, Narelle? You, t- you tell me. Okay, so here's what I think. I think that people, when they say, "Oh, my church's Facebook page is currently just event posters and graphics," they say, "And we can't change it because the congregation won't like it." And so my first thing that I would say to people is make a group. Put those people in a group, make them still feel like they're a part of something. It's all about community. It's all about everybody feeling as though they're a part of something. That's what makes your church work. That's what makes Facebook work as well. That was great. And in regards to what you then put on your actual public page, is just start with the people. Start with those actual people. Post pictures of them. Tell their story. Not every single post needs to have the punchline of, and you need Jesus. Or, and come to our church. Yeah, and just play the long game. That's what I would say. Play the long game and post pictures of the people in your church. That's where I would start, just simply of that. Yeah, that's it. That's a great, a great idea. So now we've got a group and we've got our Facebook page and you let the people that are concerned that they're going to miss out on something be a part of a group. They can get notifications, which is better than the page. So they can sign up so that every time you post in the group, they get a notification. They'll never miss anything again. They'll feel a part of it. They'll love it. They'll love the experience. And then <clears throat> and then through your your public page, your Facebook will grow. Your, your church will grow. I love it. I love it. All right, just one last question. Some of the people listening are going to have people in their church who don't have Facebook. And if you say you can catch up on this or we're having these conversations on our Facebook group, they're going to say, I don't have Facebook. (laughs) What do you say? I know what I'd say. What do you want to say though? (laughs) Okay. Do you want like my personal opinion or my professional opinion? Give me both. Okay. So when I worked as an admin in church, there were people that refused to get email and they weren't getting the newsletter. And that's right. And then that's why you had to hand out the actual... On Sundays, they would hassle me. They would come up to me one after the other and take my time on Sunday while I'm at church worshipping. I wasn't working saying, I didn't get a newsletter or the newsletter was in their spam box and they couldn't work it out anyway. So I would print it out. I would print it out. I don't want anyone to feel left out at church. I don't want anyone to feel like everyone else knows what's going on and they're the last one to know. So I would, if there is a conversation going on in fa- on Facebook, 
that they're not a part of. And if it becomes a regular thing, like on Monday mornings, all of the people get online and talk about what's going on, I would try and tee them up with somebody else so that they can go together, have a cup of tea and talk about what happened together. But I definitely, I, I don't want anyone to feel left out. My personal opinion is if they're not on Facebook, you know, Get on Facebook. (laughs) Well, you really had me in there. I was like, you're amazing. That's like shining the light big time. It's 2018. Why haven't you got Facebook? Like you've got a smartphone in your hand. Sign up. And then you just hit me with that. I'm like, (laughs) right. I thought thought you were holding the (laughs) realm. I told you at the start, I think everything revolves around Facebook. I think Facebook is for everyone. There isn't a single person that has any genuine reason not to be on Facebook. Facebook is life. So in regards to that... I don't think that you should not do a Facebook group just because some people aren't going to be there. Like we said, these groups are there to facilitate what's already happening in the church in a discipleship time. So if they're missing out on a little bit of Facebook content, it's not the end of the world. Anyway, guys, if you haven't already got yourself the ultimate 2018 Facebook course for churches that we recently finished filming about two days ago, head to the Goddess Social website and get that because... Boy, oh boy, do we go deep with some stuff. It will transform your life. And guys, if you've got any questions, you can email us at hello at godissocial.com. You can get onto our Facebook group called Church Social Media. Because Facebook is life. Because Facebook is life. Or hit me up in the DMs on Instagram. Loving me some Instagram. I'm big on the Insta stories. And definitely send us some questions because I'd like to answer some questions the next time I'm in. Well, that's it for this week, guys. We will see you next week for part two of this four-week Facebook extravaganza. See you later. See ya.